Well, today is a new topic that I've been waiting to discuss and to enlighten you and awaken you to a new concept of what is metaphysics? What is it all about? And how are we connected to it? I have two wonderful and amazing guests that talk about that on their own podcast, The Skeptical Metaphysicians. Please welcome Karen and Will. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's fun. Oh, I just love talking about metaphysics, neuroscience, epigenetics, you know, history, science, spirituality. It's all connected. And mm -hmm. I know there's going to be a chirping to let everybody know, yes, I have a smoke alarm that apparently needs a battery change. So please <laughs> apologize in advance for this. Um, Karen and Will, what I'd like to know, and please share with the audience, you know, about metaphysics and what inspired you to create the podcast around that? Wow. Uh, nothing like starting out with a, a, a loaded topic, right? So metaphysics is actually, as defined by um, Webster's, it's the branch of philosophy that deals with the first principles of things, including abstract concepts like being, knowing, substance, cause, identity, time, space. That's all the word metaphysics. That's the definition for the word metaphysics. But also, the other definition is abstract theory with no basis in reality. So our show actually looks to explore whether or not there really is some basis of reality in these things that people talk about when it comes to metaphysics. Astral projection, past life regression, uh, life, uh, life after death, um, chakras, auras, all that kind of stuff, witches, witchcraft, vampires, paranormal, all that stuff. It's all kind of cubbied into metaphysics and we cover it all. Wow. And is it safe to say, what about limited beliefs, mental programmings and emotional energetic traumas? Does that sort of in tangent with metaphysics as well? I think, I think they're all connected somehow through the energies. Um, you release different energies when you're going through different emotions and all of that is, is involved in the metaphysical world. Yeah. It's it, like your, your show wake up with Casey, right? It's, it's kind of connected to what we're talking about. The, the need for all of us to wake up, right? Cause we are not these three dimensional bodies that we inhabit. We are so much more than that. We're spirit and the metaphysical encompasses everything that's around that, that the things that you can't physically touch or see or experience any other way than through other eyes than the ones that you've got. Now, that was always a problem for me. That's when the, the show is called The Skeptic Metaphysicians because I've always been one of those people that I need to have proof. Like, I can't just take things sight unseen. Uh, someone says, um, yeah, there's this energy that heals people. Just put your hands on them and they'll, they'll be healed. You know, the scientist in me says that's, I don't think that's real. So I look into these things and see whether or not there's a quantum mechanic way of explaining it, uh, in a way that will satisfy my scientific mind only to find so far, and maybe I'm, uh, getting ahead of myself, but what we found is that it's a different way of thinking that allows you to accept and experience these things. Because it, let's face it, if you think that Reiki energy or past lives or psychic abilities are bullshit, for you, that's going to be 100% correct. Your experience is going to be that these things are not real because you're not opening yourselves up to the, those things. And the universe is saying, okay, this is what you want. This is what you're going to have. But then when you start opening yourself up to it, you start looking into things and allowing things to come through, the universe says, oh, okay, maybe they're open now to other experiences. So let's start giving that to them and see how much they freak out. <laughs> right. I can so resonate with that. But it wasn't that I was closed-minded. I was more inquisitive. Mm -hmm. Like I questioned 
you know, my upbringing, I question even my religion that I was brought up into. Mm -hmm. And that's when, because I got serious about it. Like some doesn't add up here. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how things started opening up for me. And I guess, you know, the universe is like, okay, you want to know about this? Well, here you go. And sent somebody into my life. Yeah. Well, one would say that the universe said she's quizzical into it. So let's give her, she's ready to start understanding some things. So let's give her the truths. And that's perhaps what was, what was happening in a similar vein. Karen and I did the same thing where we, we were quizzical. We wanted to see, we wanted proof. Uh, well, I, I, I'm speaking for myself. I shouldn't speak for Karen. <laughs> so my thought has always been, well, why wouldn't it be real? But then I've also wondered things like, how can we really prove there's so much that you just can't prove. So, you know, why try to disprove it? Um, like for example, this is might sound ridiculous, but you know, you see a strawberry, you know, it's red and you know what the color red looks like to you, but how do you know that the red looks like to you? Like it looks like to someone else. They might see a blue strawberry and call that red. Ah. So I've kind of looked at everything that way. So really, you know, why wouldn't it be real? And, and to your point, Karen, sorry to jump in here, Casey, but to, to your, your point, that's exactly what I believe is happening, where our own, my favorite quote is, um, the universe rearranges itself to accommodate your version of reality. That is so spot on for me. It's it's what I've learned over the course of the last year that we've been doing the show, and then many, many years before when I was looking into this before we started the show. Whatever I thought was real was my experience of reality. Similarly, people who thought the complete opposite of me, it's their experience of reality. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong or they're wrong. It's just it's the experience we're going through. And we're all so individual that what works for me is not going to work for you, Casey, or you, Karen. Mm -hmm. But you have your own personal path that you form on your own that gets you to the place we're all going to at the very end. Well, that goes to, you know, something that I've also heard and it's so like, wow, that makes sense because what you think, which is a form of thought and idea, then attach an emotion and feeling to that. Then you apply, apply an action, which repetitively, it creates the mood, then the person, personality. Then it creates the reality, your personal reality. Definitely. Uh, in fact, we had a we had one of our episodes. We had this gentleman named Benjamin Sharer, Benji Sharer, one of the most brilliant young men I've ever had the opportunity to talk to in my life ever. And he really talked about the law of attraction in such a pragmatic way. And saying exactly what you're saying, where it takes your emotion, you, you need to feel the emotions that come with that thing that you want. You you need to feel it already as, as if it's there, because once you start attaching those emotional components to what you're wanting, the universe then is, it, it has no choice but to give it to you. Right. And then when you say wanting, it's like the universe is giving you that wanting experience. Yes. So you have to change your vocabulary. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yes. 100%. As thank you for, um, you know, one of our mentors, because, you know, I've been on your show and we talked about him, Dr. Wayne Dwyer, you know, act is act as if the wish is fulfilled. And he wrote a good book about it. Mm. Which is fulfilled. And, yeah. it's, and then Dr. Joe Dispenza has explained it to, you know, you have to, feeling and emotion is the language to the soul and the universe. The universe doesn't really go by words. Words do bring a vibration and a frequency, but it's more of the emotion and energy that the universe communicates with. You, you really have to be aligned, I think, uh, with your words, your emotions, your thoughts. I mean, you really have to be aligned because if there's any misalignment in what you're looking for, 
then the universe is going to think that you are unsure of what you want. So it's going to give you those things that are going to keep you being unsure because it thinks that's what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a mind, it's a mind trip. It really is. Uh, but, but it's been, it's a proven thing, right? It, it's been proven in both of our lives. Karen has had uh, great experiences with manifestation that come from the fact that she's just wanted it so badly <laughs> that she knew i mean she knew right karen for, uh, forgive me if i'm speaking for you but you knew it was going to happen oh yeah yeah that yeah i know you're talking about the, the yeah I know the menudo talking. yeah menudo story. yeah <laughs> do we tell do we tell you that i don't think we have no no oh like come on share. Like share. A total law i mean total law of attraction so when i was 11 i lived in south america for a year and at that time this boy band from puerto rico um was very famous they're called menudo and so all the you know Preteens and tweens. Yes. Yeah, that's, you yeah. know, the Ricky oh, Martin band. Band. But this was before Ricky Martin, even, right. you know. The originals. The originals. And so, you know, and I lived in Ecuador, and so they were touring everywhere. And of course, I fell madly in love with them, but one in particular. And I just would, I fixated on him. And, you know, I'm this kid living in Ecuador, and this is, you know, rock star from Puerto Rico. And I would, I would think about it and then I'm like, I'm, I would pray and I want to go to college with him and marry him and have, you know, a thousand babies and, you know, the whole shebang. I was, that was my future that was going to happen. So then, of course, I aged out and life happened. I moved back to the States, went to college in Orlando, and um, I decided to go um, to be part of the crew team. And so I was out there with the girls in the, in the shells rowing one day and the men's crew team comes rowing by and guess who's on their boat? <laughs> the Menudo guy, the <laughs> one that I wanted to go to college with and marry. <laughs> so, well, of course, you know, I had to meet him and I never told him that I knew who he was because by then, you know, that was too embarrassing. But we became friends and he was a uh, film major and to graduate, he had to make a music video. So I was the love interest <laughs> In his music video. Thus being married to him, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what are the odds? Yeah. I was in Ecuador. He was in Puerto Rico. We both went to a school in Orlando that at the time, it, it's UCF. It's a big school now. It wasn't at the time. It just was, I mean, how else could that have happened? Yeah, absolutely. And the the fun part, one of the, it's many fun parts about that story, but the fun part that I find is that um, you knew it was going to happen you wished it you you made it happen and then you released and that is what wayne dyer says right you have to make those thoughts concrete and then release and not care how it comes to you but know that it's going to come to you you have to know it's going to come to you and you have to be able to to release the expectations of how it's going to come to you and i think it's also important to be specific oh, in yeah. those thoughts <laughs> oh, yes. i mean you can't get more specific than i'm going to meet him at college right. I was 11. I didn't wasn't even I didn't know where I was going to go to college, what I was going to study any of that. Yeah. But yet that's where I met him. Yeah. College. And it just <laughs> took you enough time to pass so that you were old enough, appropriate enough. Right. To actually have a relationship with the man. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you did marry him, but not the way you thought you were going to marry him. <laughs> right. It was right. just in a well, video. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. so, that's yeah. fascinating. I love those kind of stories. Yeah, and and those are the types of stories that we're running into as we do this show, uh, time we, and time again, again and again and again, which just goes to prove to us. Now, I'm still somewhat of a skeptic. I'm much more of a pragmatic thinker, so I need the dots to connect it for me. Hello. I I can't just I, no, but <laughs> but when things like the stories that Karen just told happen, kind of smacks you straight on your forehead, right? It, it makes you start to question how is this possible so then then my mind tries to shape it in a scientific way and that's why this guy benji sharer who came on the, came on the show was able to do that for me he was able to speak about it from a quantum mechanics viewpoint that made perfect sense to me and yet even though he was discussing quantum mechanics he did it in such a way that if you had no knowledge of that whatsoever you could listen to him understand what he was explaining and walk away with a, a good knowledge of it unbelievably practical absolutely you're right wow well i've i've had that kind of same kind of not the same kind of experience as you with menudo however <laughs> but i remember you know i was I don't know how old I was. I was in my teenagers and we were living in Margate. And I remember we closed in a back like patio into a like family room. And we had the TV in the corner. And I just happened to 
walked by and it was Oprah Winfrey that happened to be on. And I, and it's funny because now I remember it before I didn't. But what it was is I just happened to pause, look at her and I was like, I want to do that. I want to do what she's doing. And then I just went on my thing. Well, in 2009, I went to TV and radio broadcasting school, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and I fell in love with editing, video editing, and I love the art. So at first I thought I'm going to have my own talk radio talk show, but I fell in love with editing, film editing. I'm like, wow, this is a form of art that I can create things and do things with. I've done music videos. I've done commercials. I've done weddings you know special little things and then it had to go on the back burner now come full circle uh this last year in about february when i launched i launched my podcast so i got back into radio in a form of podcasting then in february and march i launched my second season and then i went to a virtual talk show because of the pandemic and everything and then it that flashback of being in that like back in the past where i had that moment where i stopped and saw oprah and said what i said it like came back to me like see mm. it wasn't what you thought you wanted to do what oprah was doing it but you're doing it in a whole it I manifested it in such a way that was unique and designed to my sole purpose, right. my mission. It's like connecting the dots of why I'm here. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to help others? And it's just little pieces of little things that I did. There's just connecting the dots of, where it's leading to me on my journey right. and back to your question that's really what metaphysics is, is all about it's about finding your path and the reason we do the show the way that we do is because we mentioned it earlier every path is different mm -hmm. and though maybe the law of attraction doesn't resonate with you but reiki energy healing does or spirit channeling does or uh uh kundalini activation does right there's all we're providing each episode has a separate modality that we start talking about to give a good understanding of the modality but then inevitably it causes a launch pad for us to go into these conversations like the one we're having now which people go like it just it, it we just had a conversation with um an intuitive energy healer and we started talking, we started talking about energy blockages and things like that. And, and it ended up talking about exorcisms and feng shui and all kinds of things. And that's the fun of it because we, we start with one topic, we cover it and then, whoa, here we go. We go off in totally different tangents. And that's the fun of it for us. We just allow the universe to come through us and whatever we're supposed to talk about inevitably, inevitably comes out and, and, and we talk about it and we're happy with that because we've gotten really great feedback. Um, a lot of people are learning a lot, me especially. I'm learning an awful lot about what's out there because there is so much out there. And that's probably the number one thing I've learned. Well, and that's what I was going to say. <clears throat> We've been fortunate to be able to get some experiences as well um, and things that I never thought would – I never would have even thought of. We did um, a breathwork exercise of maybe a month or two ago. And out of everything that we've done, that one, it got me. I mean, it just, I was out of my, I think I was out of my body. It was incredible. It yeah. was just, I, I had no idea what to expect. And I thought, eh, you're just breathing. I've done yoga, you know, but wow. So you just really never know. And just having the experiences of all these different paths has just been incredible. And that's what we're hoping to impart on the people that listen to us. Yeah. So you listen to one episode and it doesn't resonate with you. Go on to the next one because maybe that one will resonate with you. If not, not that one, then the one after that mm -hmm. will resonate with you. But inevitably, we're going to cover something that is going to resonate completely with you because all of us have a path. And it might be what you least expect. Absolutely. Who thought breath work would, I would know. take Karen on a trip like that? Well, you do breath work during sex. Hello. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes. But it was a different type of trip. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
you know, like I feel like today I'm having amazing sex and you, you read, I don't know what chapter you're on in, in this certain book, you know, the conversations with God. Well, I've, I've read all of them. I've read but all the chapters. We're just going, I just reread them all the time. There's a misconception about sex. Sex is just synergistic energy exchange. Mm. And I think that's part of metaphysic metaphysics as well, because you're just exchanging energy. And then, you know, with the Celestine prophecy, how that energy flows to bring a message that it that one person is waiting to hear because they're drawn intuitively. Yes. And energetically to and then you meet somebody and then boom, they hear a message. It's just like on our podcast. Somebody's going to be drawn. They're going to hear something because we're exchanging that energy for that experience to happen for whoever is ready to listen the soul on a soul level yes, and absolutely. that is so mind-blowing it really is it reminds me of a story that we actually talked about with the healer yesterday uh we had had him on the show before uh very early on i think he was our 10th interview 10th episode or something like that and he had given me one of the sessions and one of my before we did the interview so that i could see what what we'd be talking about and the thing that really struck me the most up until that point there had been years where i i mean i don't i don't i have not really a laugher like i don't typically laugh that much now there was a time where i was i let karen and i have laughed and i mean till till we had to go to the bathroom laugh so hard kind of thing but but then there was a period of time where for some reason, I just locked down and I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh at sitcoms. I didn't laugh at anything. I found things amusing, but I never, I didn't really belly laugh. Well, during the session, he did something that forced me to just guffaw. And all of a sudden I felt this release and I felt now, I mean, you've, you've heard the show. I laugh all the flipping time now because life is fun and it's funny. And Karen, oh my God, she makes me laugh. Just her laugh alone makes me laugh now. Well, a listener heard that episode and reached out to this guy because it resonated with her. She couldn't laugh and she wanted to laugh. And after the third session with him, lo and behold, she's now laughing too. So just the fact that that helped at least one other person, it makes it all worthwhile for us. Absolutely. Yes. And let me ask you something about that. Was there an emotional energetic block from a past trauma? There that was. just something happened and it triggered in the in that moment and that was blocking you. Yes, that's exactly what it was. It was there was something that was blocking me, and that's what he does. He he they call him the energetic plumber. So he actually just <laughs> <laughs> he he uh he releases the blockages, and that's what he did. He Plenty, released yeah. that blockage. <laughs> yeah, we go Roto Clover because his name is <laughs> Scott Clover, but um yeah, that's exactly right. It was an emotional blockage that had come up. Uh, maybe a year before then that had stopped me from being able to release like that. Wow. And I, I like to talk about every now and then when I talk to somebody that, you know, talks about chakras and I'm like, yeah, I think everyone needs a chakra enema. That would clear everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Definitely. <laughs> because yeah. we're all and from my understanding with chakras, there's a note in every single one of them. And when you hear music or hear um, songs, lyrics, tones, and those, are, it resonates with every single chakra. Yeah. And now that they're, we're going from the third dimensional to the fifth dimensional, all the chakras are getting like upgrades, even the notes. Yeah, I like that. And that's the concept behind those singing bowls, right? The different mm -hmm. that you hear in a metaphysical store or in, in Buddhist temple. Oh yeah, when I hear those, ooh, yeah. I, I did. Mm -hmm. I yeah, yeah. and I'm like, okay. Yeah, they they are attuned to a certain frequency that is meant to touch to impact your chakras in a certain very specific way, uh, and and that's why it, it it is such a soothing sound. For me, when I hear it, and I and I played with them back in my Miami days, a long time ago, and man, I could I could do that for hours without skipping a beat. I loved it so much, and and it makes sense after I learned why it was just it was touching 
these chakra points in me mm-hmm. that uh, vibrate the, the frequencies of which made things feel really good. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but the meridians in each of our, it's like circuits going off and replenishing, repairing, even to the DNA, hmm. which I find fascinating. And that, I mean, there's so much because the one thing that I've learned doing the show is the more that I learn, the more I learn that there's so much more to learn. <laughs> the less you know. <laughs> about it because I ask a question, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. But what about that, 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 that? And it's an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. is. And I'm so blown away. Yeah. I-, I was asked on a show once. After now, it's almost a year of doing the podcast. My initial focus was finding the answer. What's the answer? What's real? What's out there? So I was asked, are you still looking for that answer? And I thought about it for a second and it hit me like, holy crap. No, it's changed. I'm no longer looking for the answer. I'm now looking for what else is out there. And Mm -hmm. that's really cool because I don't need that proof anymore. I mean, we still have it in our in our intro and things like that because that was the focus of the show. It really, it, it still is. Mm-hmm. But I have the proof I needed now. Like I have physical, tangible proof. I became a Reiki practitioner, and if anyone knows about Reiki energy, um, it's, an, it's an actual physical sensation that you have that comes through your palms. Mm-hmm. And then not just do I feel it, but the person I'm giving Reiki to feels it. And we have a story about that that Karen can share with you in a second. But based on that, that, the fact that I could feel it, it was all the proof that I needed that, yes, if this is real, this energy that's coming out of my hands is real and I feel it as real, then there has to be other things out there that are real. There there is something else beyond this three-dimensional world that I'm living in, and I now have the proof. So now I can be a little bit more open-minded. I still need to... I still need to temper it because I don't want to just believe things just because you tell me. I want to know how you know for sure. How can you tell it's not just your imagination? How can I explain it in a quantum mechanics type of way? But I'm much more open to, yeah, yeah, this this stuff is chakras. True thing. Real, real thing. Absolutely. Uh, well, that goes back to um, what Wayne Dreyer used to, you know, teach. It's. And then even with the conversations with God, with Neil was, you know, in, in our soul form, we have all knowing, all understanding, and even some experiences. And from the experiences, that's how we get the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding. But then when we're in our human form that we're currently in, we lose all of that to go through life to experience. And it's like, You have a conceptual knowing because of what you've been told to believe, but you really don't understand it until you experience it yourself. Because then you can say, I know what that's like because I've been in your shoes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's another big conversation because people believe that that's the reason we're here in the first place, that we are part of the divine. We are the divine that has been made manifest in physical form here on this planet because this, what Neil says in conversations with God, we are part of the all, which now wants to experience itself as the not us. So brings, we have all come onto the planet now to be able to experience all that we are and we are not. And every human being is having their own experience on this planet so that when we then rejoin with the divine, we now bring that awareness of what the all is and is not with our experiences. It's a little heady, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, on top of that, there is other highly evolved beings that in historical times, we could go back 450,000 years that created, and we were like guinea pigs for primitive workers, slaves. 
they messed with whoever was residing on whatever earth, you know, our earth at those times and say, hey, let's mix up, you know, DNA and create this. And my question is like, well, if you did that, were they like, you know, the movies that I've seen, and like they're in a cocoon of some sort and they're already a human being or were they babies and you had to wait till 18 years of age for them to... <laughs> You know, those yeah, are the reach, kind of questions I asked. <laughs> reach the age of consent before you mess with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's writings about it. So I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. So now you're talking yet another offshoot that we, we can drop down a massive rabbit hole. Uh, the ancient but mysteries. They understood it. all of what we're talking about now, even way back then. Then you go on and study about the writings in India, the writings in Egypt. Yeah. And one thing that's not even discussed, I mean, you know, they, they call him Jesus, but I question was his truly his name back in how it was written and how they pronounced it. Was that his name or is that just something that the Americans and the English decided to put in there but there is a man that went to china and studied reiki and even went to egypt and understood thoth the emerald tablets that go back from sumerian writings as well as the egyptian writings about reincarnation Yeah, it's just mind blowing. And I think that that man was talking about metaphysics, mm -hmm. but no one had an understanding of truly what he was talking about. Right. Yeah, there is school of thought. And I don't want to be controversial here because we don't want to piss anybody off. Right. We are non-judgmental. We don't judge anything anyone believes. That's whatever you believe is perfect for you. And that's wonderful. There's a school of thought that says that Jesus is, was an ascended master, just like all the other ascended masters that have come on, uh, come to us to help us remember who we are. And there's a church that is in Orlando that actually takes the Bible and they use passages from the Bible to explain the passages in metaphysical terms. And it makes so much flipping sense to me when it's read that way. I was never one that I read the Bible verses and thought immediately it was, it was exactly how it's written verbatim. That's what it means. It has always been a disconnect for me on that sense. So when I this me both, you're preaching to the choir here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? So when this church suddenly started using the, ver the verses and explain them in metaphysical terms, man, did that ever hit home for me? And it helped me to understand so much more that makes sense for me. Now, those fo folks that are devout uh, Catholics and believe that the, the Bible is verbatim, uh, literal reality, um, that's great. If, if it works for them, I, I support you 100%. Where I have a problem is when someone says to me that their way is the only way. Mm -hmm. That's where I have a problem because I've learned firsthand that there's no one way for us all to get to where we need to go. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, again, here we go, the controversial. How can a baby who is born be born as a sinner when they've not done anything? And then if that baby doesn't get baptized, is is uh, fated to spend eternity in hell and torment, how is that even real? How is that even a possible possibility? That's where I have a, a, a challenge with it. But... We had a lady on the show that talked about her near-death experience, and she was very devout Christian. And when she had that near-death experience, she ended up going to hell. And she told us about her experiences in hell. And then there was a point in time where she realized, I don't have to be in hell. I can go to heaven. And eventually, she, and that's exactly what she did. She actually ended up going to heaven. And now she came back with the message that, holy crap, it's whatever you think. Mm -hmm. Is going to happen. That's what's going to happen when you die. So if you are convinced that you, if you're bad, you're going to go to hell. Hey, baby, I'm telling you, you that's where you're going. 
Thank you. That's where you're headed. Thank you. Because what you think and believe, you're bringing into reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, this is not controversial, but this is fact. Yeah. That the Bible, the Quran, and the Torah was plagiarized and copywritten material from ancient times. And they created it in such a way to put fear amongst human beings and mankind. Oh, boy, here we go. Control. (laughs) Read. Because here's another thing. You you talk about that part of it, about a, a child. You know, we're taught that we're born sinners. How is that? Like I said, how is that possible? Then... Here's the thing. They want you to get ties. They talk about ties. But then there's a, a, a contradiction here of, you know, scripture saying, oh, but I thought of you in the womb to be prosperous and abundant. But then the opposite of that is the for the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, then you want my 10% of my income every week. Hello? <laughs> Yeah, that's a it's a big rabbit hole. I don't think Karen wants me to go down because I can talk about this for two <laughs> hours. hours but. <laughs> but I'm like, people start thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah as part of our studies, we actually studied um, religions pretty extensively. Both Karen and I. She's a um, what was your major? Anthropology. Anthropology major. So she studied oh. people, and. I just had a morbid curiosity. So I studied all kinds of different religions, including Wicca, mm-hmm. which is, for those who don't know, it's it's witchcraft, right? It's the religion of witchcraft, which is not what people think. It's not Satanism. It's not worshiping the devil or anything. It's actually the opposite. It's actually worshiping nature and being in tune with nature. And I learned an awful lot during the initiation process. It takes a year and a day to get I was going to say, you did much more than just study it. I did. I did. I actually joined the coven. Yeah. Uh, and in those studies, I learned so much about how Constantine back in the day used or adopted uh, pagan holidays to incorporate into his religion so that the folk that were in the country could be converted easier into Christianity. Uh, People who don't know, uh, Christmas trees, that's a pagan tradition. Mm -hmm. The Easter bunny, that's a pagan tradition. (laughs) Um, The the mother, the son, and the Holy Spirit, the triad, that's a pagan tradition. Um, There was no devil before Constantine created the the devil. Thank you. He took the god of the hunt that was worshipped by the pagans because he has antlers and hooves and he created he made that be lucifer and satan with horns and the tail and the hooves to scare people into if you're not being controlled by this religion then this is who you're gonna have to contend with and all those people that are right now worshiping this entity they're Satanists, they're worshiping Satan, they're evil, you need to kill them. And that's how they were trying to eradicate a lot of the pagans. I mean, well, not only Constantine, but there is others, too, that, I mean, if, you, if like, I'm a history buff, and when I started, like, things showing up to me to, to awaken me and, and realize, I will have nothing to do with religion. The biggest murderers in history. Oh, yeah. And people do not understand. And I'm like, God would not do that. Man would. Because God that I know, the essence is pure love. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what I find interesting? I really find interesting the the differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because the way I, I see it, the Old Testament was the what early Christianity wanted to do to control the masses. Mm-hmm. So it was a God of fear mm-hmm. at some point down the line. Someone said, she's not going to work for much longer. So let's make God now a God of love. Now at some point, someone got the memo and said, Hey, God is love, <laughs> right? So let's make this more aligned with what is really happening. 
And that's where there's a huge contrast. Like if you read the Old Testament and then you read the New Testament, there is a, there is a, they're talking about a different dude mm-hmm. in both those things. Yeah. So somewhere along, along the lines, someone got inspired and said, you know what? Let's make this right. But then- not, but the old thought product patterns are still taking hold, unfortunately, of the, with some of those organized religions. And they're still utilizing the New Testament and the God of love in a fear-based way, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the problem. And that's why people are struggling all over. Because there's they're they're just stuck there with the limited beliefs, the mental programmings, and then it, you want to talk about energetic emotional traumas. Think about what was going on back even those times when you were, you know, a, even in a past life, and your ancestors were Wicca energy healers and whatnot. They were hung. They were pu- uh, persecuted. They were tortured by sticking a uh, 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 a stick up their ass or a, a stick up their vaginas. This is actual history. It's, it's coming from a religion aspect because they used the chiefs. These are like some of the indigenous tribes back in history. Mm-hmm. It's so early in the morning for those it, visuals, Casey. Know, wow. It's, you know, <laughs> I have to speak it in order for people to wake up and realize the religion. Yeah, did this back in time. I went to a museum in Italy that was from the Crusades, and it was basically just showing the different torture implements that they used on these people that they were, you know, determining whether or not they were witches. I got through maybe half of the museum and I had to leave. Mm. Like my stomach was just so turned, and it just felt like I guess just the energy from those. I it was awful. I had to leave, and it was incredible that people would think to do this to other people. I just I don't understand that. In the name of their God, in the name of their, in their God. religion, mm-hmm. and my question is, what in the hell, or why in the hell, would a God even do that to another human being? Who's the sinner there, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, hello, wake up! We're repeating history over and over and over and over and over again. When are you? It's like we're on this freaking spin cycle, like a hamster. Uh, mm-hmm. hello, we could get off any time. Yeah, I, I tend to wonder, even back then during the Crusades, right? They, they, there's a saying that says um, there's no limit to the uh, no limit to the cruelty of man. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, you hear about people who do things to people, and I think they call them serial murderers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm really curious. Wow, this is super controversial. But hey, uh, I'm really curious if those people that were so highly involved or, or actually perpetrated these atrocities, because that's really what they were, mm-hmm. had the same mental tick that serial murderers have. They just were able to find an umbrella, a shield to let them do what they want to do in the name of God. Did you ever watch the show Dexter? It sounds familiar. Dexter was on Showtime and it was about this. It's a guy who had these dark impulses and he is, he was a, because of how the trauma that he experienced when he was a child, it made him have these desires to kill people. But what he did was he was trained by his father to uh, follow this certain code. And the code was, you only do this for people that you know for 100% fact are guilty of a crime. So he joined the police force as a forensics person to help to see all the different uh, evidence that came out. And if they were to get off in the judicial system, because you know how good those are Mm -hmm. these days, then he would take it upon himself to go and kill them and satisfy his own dark passenger, which he called. So he had the shield that was the the evidence that allowed him to kill people and satisfy his own dark tendencies, very similarly to what those people did back in the day where they were able to torture people and get their sadism out on them 
all in the interest of serving a God that they felt was asking them to do this. So I find all this stuff super fascinating. But what in on and all actually in all reality, if you look at the history, the the gods were Anunnaki. They were extraterrestrial beings that came from another planet and came to Earth. And everyone thought they were gods because yeah. they came from the heavens, the sky. And my question is, well, how did you know if that was a heaven and the sky? Like, how did you know this? How did you know in your writings and drawings about the solar system? The uh, dough gods. They yeah. have writings of the solar system before even the mm -hmm. solar system was even written or discovered. That kind of stuff blows my mind. And there's evidence. How much more is here already for us to learn and realize we have it all fucked up and wrong? <laughs> so true. Oh, thank God she swore because I've been swearing. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I shouldn't be swearing. Oh, I'm all open. I'm <laughs> Hello. Because you, if you, from my understanding and, and the research mm -hmm. that I've been doing, you have the Mahabaha Torah, the, the Book of Enoch, you have the Epic of Gel, Gel, Gelgamesh, then you have the Sumerian writings, you have the, uh, the Emerald Tablets, you have the Tibet. Tibetan, no, Tibetan, Tibetan. I get now I'm like all excited and I can't even. <laughs> um, the, it's the, the Egyptian book of the dead. Mm -hmm. All of those and the Ambarambi code of law. Hmm. If you knew about when that time frame was in that period where he was reigning, there was actually an Anunnaki goddess named Nehersag who was the partaker in creating human beings, who he actually physically reigned. And then when he came into office and became the Lord, which was used a lot back in history, uh, there is similar texts and writings that just been like copied, edited, and put in the Quran, the Torah, and the Bible. Well, that's. And you have to, uh, if you don't know, what is that saying? If you, if you don't know, if you think, you know, you really don't know, or it's something in that statement, you don't know what you know until something, something, something. <laughs> you, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, there you go. And <laughs> I'm just blown away. Like, Oh my God, this has been here all along. Right. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, like I've never been outside of the United States, but I was always curious about Egypt. And then I come to find out about Peru, the Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu, yep. Oh, I and went to the Nazca. Let me tell you something. I got, I got a short video. I think it's on um, my Instagram and my Facebook page. But I kid you not, they had these sculptures. There was a male with a huge penis. Then there was a female with a nice hole like her vagina. And there was sexual positions of these little sculpture thingies. And my boyfriend looked at me. He goes, see, they had porn back then. It was just <laughs> It's an early and version of Wii Magazine. He goes, everyone's thinking it was a sexual ritual. And like in some aspects and some history, yes, it was. It was a way that they connected to the higher conscious in the spiritual realm of things. It was an energy that connected. That's why it became a ritual. But then when religion came in, they're like, oh, we got to stop them from connecting to that. So we're just going to make it bad. Right. We'll take it even further back where the ancient man, to your point, was worshiping these beings. Mm -hmm. 
now fast forward to today, and so many of us are still those ancient humans worshiping these alien beings, but they're putting different names to it. And that really is the origin for me of my search, because I don't want to be one of those ancient humans worshiping the sun. I want to know that what I believe, there's factual base behind it. It's not just some dude in a spaceship who said, I'm your God, worship me. Right. And I, and there are some aspects of the certain ones, because there is like 300 to a thousand male and female. And they were stationed in, you know, if you go back in time of what it was like, 450,000 years, the countries, uh, North America hasn't always been where it is now. Mm -hmm. It was someplace else. So they created seven males, seven females and stationed them along with these Anunnaki pantheons, whatever you want to call them. And they ran, they created a civilization under, and then they started getting jealous of one another. And then they started warring against each other. And then they were like, let's get the human beings to do our wars. So you mean to tell me that aliens are just as petty as humans? That makes me really <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> Where do you think we got our behavior from? From them. History keeps repeating itself. Think about it. When you're a child or when you're seeing somebody do something else, that's how you get the so then if, if that's the case and they have that kind of same pettiness and the emotions that we have, then is there something beyond that? So we get to that plane of just love. And that when you start realizing, I guess you want to call it the God realization or mm -hmm. the aha moments like, oh, shit, I fucked up. We fucked up. Uh, how do we make this better? Because you have that transformational moment, that awakening, like what we thought was right was actually wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. And from my understanding now, being a, a, a channeler, yeah, there's still some other beings, not just the Anunnaki. There is other species besides them that were also on earth. Mm. And they fought to, regain territory and station themselves. Right. So let's get this even more heady, right? Even more out there. Mm -hmm. We've talked to people that say that this third dimension that we're living in right now is the dimension in which we are experiencing the most carnal needs of humanity. That this is, this is, someone called it the hell planet. Earth is the hell planet. We come here to really go through the gauntlet so that when we then ascend, we have experienced, we've gone through the forge and we forged ourselves into better people. So the same people are saying, the same people that say that, that Earth is the hell planet are saying that there are other dimensions that is where the ascended masters live, where a lot of these entities live that have come to this planet to help us to evolve, that kind of thing. But it would stand to reason that if they're coming into this three-dimensional reality where our veil is so thick that we can't access our genetic skill sets, for lack of a better word, right? Our powers, our ability to manifest and, and be who we are, that kind of thing. Then, then perhaps everyone, not just us on planet earth, but everyone on this three-dimensional plane is going through the same challenges. And only when interdimensional beings, like what they used to call angels who might be aliens, might be who knows what, mm -hmm. they're the ones that are able to maintain that ability in this three-dimensional space through the through the through the veil that separates us from 5d space for lack of a better word well my perspective and my understanding that that's all shifted and changing because of the light workers the star seeds the the ones that are stepping up and opening and helping with and yes there has been aliens 
and other highly evolved beings, you celestial beings, um, extraterrestrial beings, even ancient civilization beings that are in that invisible realm, if you want to call it, that has always been with us, guiding us, helping us. I get downloads. I don't understand what the downloads is until maybe three months later, six months later, a year later. And then it just makes sense. It just hits me like, wow, okay, now I get it. You know, and I don't think this is a hell planet. This is just a planet where we decide to come in physical form, just to have experience in life. Yeah. Well, and then the veil, to your point, the veil is definitely thinning, right? We're in the age yes, of Aquarius it's now. Thinning, and I don't know if I, I explained this when I was on your show, but from my understanding, you know, like you're, you have a, a, a smartphone now. We all have smartphones, which is, you know, fascinating to me. But we have a camera, right? So you press on your camera. Your photo is three-dimensional. Now, if you go to the pan panoramic view, you can expand your vision of what you see through the lens. So it just expands. We're no longer looking in the regular. We, we're upgrading in all our spiritual gifts, skills, chakras, um, senses even to expand in the fifth dimension of expanding and widening so we can see and know and learn and grow and expand even more beyond what we have been. And we have to let go of the old ways in order to get into that new way and seeing even bigger and better. And that's a perfect way to explain why we do the show that we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes sense to me because I was like, oh, because being in arts and, and I love photography and everything. And so I just happened to be listening to somebody. I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. I could see more. I could feel more. It just expanded and who I am as a spiritual divine being. Even my sexual being inside this human being. It's like when you look at those 3D pictures and finally you get it and all of a sudden you can see all oh, of the images. The magic eye picture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Those are cool. Even in the holographic of, you know, when you look at um Greg Braden talked about it. He goes, there used to be bookmarkers, and if you turned it in one way, you can mm -hmm. see another the holograms. It's yeah. Almost like that as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, those are the oh, lenticular, lenticular pictures. Yes. That would change. Yeah, I remember. What well, I want to go wow. get one now. Yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> all the books that I'm writing, I can just like, oh, yeah, 5D, 5D, 5D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the word just came to me. <laughs> I, I'm wondering, like, where did that come it's, from? It, that's that what it's called. You. It's no, <laughs> you're right. It was not. <laughs> and as well, there is people that are already advanced in the technology of actually showing you that i went to universal studios and some of the rides you had to put these classes on and i was like this is what they're talking about i'm like whoa <laughs> this is like 4d right now but I could just imagine what the 50 expanding the colors. They're brighter. They're more intense. They're more like you you're connected to them. Just like in Celestine prophecy, your whole, it's just, Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And that's why, that's why we love exploring this world because it's exactly right. We're finding all new colors and corners of the universe that we didn't even know existed. Even this conversation, we're learning a ton. So it, it, oh. it's, it's, it's fun for us. Yeah. I just love talking about it. it. It just lights me up and it just, ah, this is like the true essence of God itself. Yeah. Yeah. The expression of ourselves is, mm -hmm. is God itself expressing himself. Yeah. I agree. And I love being, it took me a long time to find me. And now the freedom that I feel just to be me, this greatest expression of this essence of this god thing whatever you want to call it this thing that keeps my heart beating and i don't have to think about it keeps my lungs inhaling and exhaling and then 
feeling all things around me. That's living life. That is the pure essence of God to me. Mm. Yeah. I just love that the energy and the excitement in your voice and just how you're talking and using your hands. It's just, it's very energizing. It's inspiring. It really is. I wish everyone could experience this. It's like we'd be having sex all day long. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, you know, and then uh, Neil talks about, you know, the, the God solution, the God dilemma, you know, the power of pure love. And I can't wait to talk to him about it because I just like, ooh, the way I am with you guys, just wait. He's going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, the one saying, you know, love one another. Mm-hmm. And I always say, well, if no one knows what love is, how can we love another? Because we're taught what love is. But how many of us have actually experienced a pure love. Well, go back to Wayne. Inside us. Go back to Wayne Dyer. Yeah. Wayne Dyer in his his book said that we can't give away what we don't have. You're right. Mm -hmm. So if you, all you have in your heart is anger, that's all that you're able to give out into the world. Mm -hmm. And that, when I read that Casey, that was the thing that really like it talk about smacking you in the face. That's the thing that said to me, wow. So it's imperative that you fill yourself with self-love because then if you love yourself, you're able to then give love to others. And that's the mm-hmm. only way. It's the only way because if I'm full of insecurities and all I can give out is insecurities to other people, I mean, it's whatever we have inside us. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing we have to give away to people. Mm-hmm. He said it perfectly. And I think people often are afraid that if they give out their energy, it's going to diminish what they have. And, you know, I was looking on Facebook and there's all the silly memes, but one of them just kind of struck me, uh, I think it was yesterday. And it basically said, um, when you're lighting, when you light someone else's candle, you don't diminish your light, you increase the light. And I think that is so true. Mm. You know, I think you shouldn't be afraid to, to love out loud and outside and, and just kind of shoot that energy out because the more of it's out there, the more there's going to be. It's just going to increase exponentially. And just imagine this for one moment. You get that. And I, I'm I'm like, my intention is like everyone feels this pure love that I'm giving out. The more I give out, the more it touches soul to soul, soul to soul, spirit to spirit, energy to energy, energy. And it starts changing energetically everybody a little bit, a little bit. I don't know who's watching. I don't know who is tapping in, but if it touches through the energetic exchange, Mm -hmm. they feel it. It's like Reiki. Mm -hmm. Little by little, it expands. And then imagine this kind of energy expanding all over the world because it's like a domino effect. And it just keeps growing and expanding. And then, the more you expand it, the more you fill up with it and you just keep giving, giving because it's coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Will, you can see physical if you need the proof. You know, you've had a bad day at work. You come home, you snap at someone. Everyone in the house is in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you come home and you're like, hey, it's good to see you. And you give hugs and kisses and everyone's happy. I mean, there's like instant proof right there. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, I've heard a story. I can't remember who it was. It was like. The husband comes home from a stressful day at work, yells at the wife, who then yells at the kids, and the kid goes and kicks the dog. Mm -hmm. There's a way to pay it forward, positive (laughs) and negative. Absolutely. Yeah, like attracts like, negative attracts negative. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, stop and think for a minute. How am I feeling? What am I thinking? I have it right here. What are you thinking? It's funny. On on my computer, I have, you don't have to win. Because <laughs> <laughs> my entire life, I've been super competitive. And I've always felt like they're out to get me. They're out to, they want to win. And I, once I learned that I don't have to win, that it's okay if I'm wrong, it doesn't affect me anymore as much as it used to. It used to affect me a lot. 
it just makes life so much easier, doesn't it? it? it it's so much nicer. It really it, it well, is. Well, it's true. like no one's right or wrong. That's just a belief. But we have different ideas, different perspectives, mm -hmm. different points of view. And that's the beauty of this universe is that we're all so different, but we're all such the same person. Mm -hmm. It's yes. amazing. Like I'm amazed, like I'm seeing beautiful gods and goddesses and we're having this moment, this experience. And th this is like the, the greatest joy of being able to be in, in this now moment. Mm -hmm. This is why I do this show. This is why, uh, this is my love. This is my passion. And thank you for having this moment with me. Thank you for inviting us to have this moment with you because we are, you are infectious. Your Absolutely. enthusiasm is infectious. Oh so, my gosh. We're loving it. Yeah. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. And, um, I put all your information for those that really like what Will and Karen are talking about and metaphysics. If you want to learn more. All their information and links is in the description notes. So please, by all means, tune in. You, you don't know what you're going, what you know until you expand your mind and learn. That's what Very we're true. here to do and Very share. True. And thank you for doing what you're doing. I applaud you. You, you're doing amazing things, and I'm so glad that we we connected. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Really yeah. appreciate it. Well, like I said, you never know who I'm going to get on my show. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Go check them out. The Skeptical Meta Metaphysicians podcast. I do believe they're on a lot of podcast platforms. So go research them. Google them. You'll find them. Seek and you shall find. Stay tuned. You never know who I'm going to get on my show. Mm -hmm.